episode three, Culinary Corner with Papa, Josh Allen and his endless stream of perplexing errors, a breakdown of the Bills' wildcard loss, NFL playoff picks, and Buffalo Trivia. Papa Dickie, how are you? Couldn't be better, son. Happy birthday. Oh, thank you, Papa. January 9th is uh, Adam's birthday, and I remember the day like I remember the Battle of Gettysburg. (laughs) (laughs) Happy birthday, boy, son. (laughs) Love you much. Four score and many, many years ago, I was born in Buffalo Children's Hospital. Yes, with a bunch of children. I love the children. Yes. Papa, I think we are going to open with a beautiful segment from you that I think is going to be a fan favorite. We are dubbing it Culinary Corner with Papa Dickie. A.K.A. Mostly Useless Information. On our last podcast, we spoke briefly about the white winter Alba truffle. Found in uh, northern Italy, very expensive truffle. Today, our conversation will be directed toward caviar. I love caviar. In particular, Almas caviar, the most expensive culinary delicacy in the world. A little background may may be useful. Almas is one of those items that are not for sale just anywhere. Uh, To acquire it, you need to go to one of the few select caviar house and check this word out, Prigny stores. The only place in the world where it is available for sale. Its classic presentation makes a unique gift. It comes in a metal container, bathed. Oh, and 24 karat gold. The price is not too shabby. A kilo, which is about 2.2 pounds, can cost upwards of $25,000. Just a, a little bit further on the uh, Almas uh, caviar. While you're looking for your notes, I see Almas is A-L-M-A-S. Correct? Correct. If any of our listeners would like to look it up. Yeah, I think there's about seven different pronunciations of the word. I'm uh, I'm using the uh, Egyptian Iranian uh, Judaism pronunciation. Middle East. Here's a little bit of information on on caviar and uh, uh, almas in particular. At present, there's a uh, with the sturgeon in danger of extinction, where the eggs actually come from. White caviar has become an extremely rare delicacy. It's exclusive and, like I said, very, very scarce. This variety comes from the albino beluga sturgeon that lives in the Caspian Sea, mainly in the unpolluted areas near Iran. Although this fish usually live more than 100 years, There are very few of the albino variety left in the wild since the lack of uh, melanin 
is a genetic disorder that only affects a few members of the species. And this explains why their eggs have become the most sophisticated and expensive food in the world. The white eggs are obtained from specimens that are more than 100 years old. And as the sturgeon gets older, their eggs are more elegant, smooth, aromatic, and delicious with a spongier texture. Um, the most expensive is the exclusive variety, which is called Almas, uh, which in Russian uh, means diamond. Pricey, but delicious. And if you ever want to eat it, do it with vodka. I love vodka. With ice cubes. You can even put it on a cracker. Never serve it on a metal dish. Always serve it with glass with a plastic spoon. Caviar. Yes. Go caviar. It appears to be about $25,000 per two ounces. 2.2 did, .2 pounds. Did you, did you get that for, for me for my birthday? Uh, no. As a matter of fact, we, Mother and I got you something different this year for your birthday that you've never had before. What did you get? Every year we've given you a gift. This year we got you nothing. How dare you? How dare I? <laughs> <laughs> Caviar. Shall we move over to the Buffalo Bills and the unceremonious end to the season? Oh my goodness gracious. Goodness That's... gracious. We could do we could we could likely do a, a two hour podcast just on that loss. Heartfelt, disturbing loss, Adam. It was it it was a heartbreaker and it really was a, a tale of two halves. I mean, the first half, everything looked good. Josh looked good. First drive, we go right down the field. Smoke throws a touchdown to Josh, he uh, scampers in, gets hit real hard. He's okay, but we get the touchdown. Everything was going good. Uh, two of the first three drives, we scored 10 points. Everything was going good. You know, with that 16-point lead, with that 16-point lead deep into the third quarter, you know, Las Vegas has a lot of betting venues on, on sports for safety, for score. There's just a ton of stuff you can bet on. There was a probability as high as 96.7% that the Bills were going to win that game, and the odds must have been unbelievable to bet into that. But they lost, and it doesn't make a difference how they lost. They lost, and they ripped the heart out of all the Bills fans Throughout, uh, throughout Western New York and America, it was very sad, very sad. This was the opportunity. I'm very happy the Bills have made the playoffs two out of three years. Overall, McDermott and Bean have done a good job. Super excited to get back there this year, 10-6. and six. We rested our starters in the last game of the year. But, you know, we're at the point now where with this team, we got to start winning playoff games. Enough's enough. True. Just making it to the playoffs isn't good enough. We we have to show the killer instinct. We got to start winning playoff I'm games. I'm tired of next year. <laughs> exactly. I'm very tired of that. Exactly. So the second half, uh, 
I didn't do a rewatch of the game. I couldn't stomach it. Maybe one day I will. You know, most people that do podcasts do full rewatches of the games. I, I couldn't do it. Just kind of formulating my thoughts around Josh, though, is he just he regressed so badly in the second half and just started playing Wyoming cowboy ball, Josh ball, and it just looked like he the moment was too big for him. He couldn't handle it. He started doing some really weird stuff. Bills have problems, and it all starts with that quarterback, Josh Allen. Uh, make no mistake, I do not hate Josh Allen. I hate basically no one except for maybe you know Hitler and Stalin, and but I uh, and, and the guy that we killed in Iran. Yeah, I didn't like him either. <laughs> uh, the Bills have problems, and it all starts with our quarterback. We had our first ten win season since 1999. Kudos. Uh, they fielded a top-five defense in both points and yards. Kudos again. And they showed growth growth on offense with their new playmakers, John Brown and, and Devin Singletary. So these are all pluses. But they couldn't survive a 16-zip lead in a road playoff game. That That is ridiculously bad. They're... Still searching for their first postseason win since 1995. And the loss to the Texans, make no mistake, was extremely hurtful. We just scored, uh, we scored just three points in the second half and in overtime. Um, this game and the season more broadly begs the question, is Josh Allen our quarterback of the future he threw a crazy 46 times in the loss if this was the game plan someone needs their head evaluated and completely examined especially with a running back as tricky and slick as Singletary Allen converted those 46 attempts into 24 completions 52.2% 52.2% unacceptable Gross. for 264 yards with only 5.7 yards per attempt and no touchdowns. No touchdowns. It's the type of game where we get one more touchdown at any point in the game after we're, that first drive. We're winners. And we win. And we're playing this weekend. It's just as simple as that. Quick correction, uh, the Bills did score two field goals in the second half. Yes. They got one early yeah, in the yeah, third quarter. Right. Six points. Yeah, six points in the second half. Yeah. So we lost Thank tw- you. 22 to 19. The We were plus two and a half. Vegas is very smart. The Westgate Sportsbook, very smart. They were spot on. But, and I don't know if you were going there next, Papa, but the thing is the, the conservative play calling by Dable and bringing in those, those heavy packages, I'm using air quotes right now, the heavy package with Gore and DeMarco, and Smith, and his insistence upon putting those guys in there when Devin was fresh. and in It the, really made no sense. It made no sense at all. The last important game the Bills played at the Patriots, Devin got, I think, every snap except two or three or maybe four snaps. And he missed a whole bunch of snaps in this game. He should have been on the field. And you know what? It, it could have been worse, Adam. Uh, the Texan defenders came close to a number of INTs but they couldn't hang on to the football. Allen also fumbled twice, losing it once, 
and his decision-making, like you said, were shocking at times. In the fourth quarter, he tried an ill-advised lateral to avoid a tackle that cost us a chunk of yardage. He took a 19-yard sack on third down in the fourth quarter when we desperately needed a field goal. And on a crucial fourth-quarter drive, he dropped the ball out of nowhere, virtually handing the ball to the Texans. All this unacceptable. Look, Josh regressed. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm all verklempt. Josh regressed horribly in the second half. Showed me he's not ready for the bright lights of the playoffs right now. I mean, he, he clearly failed in the second half. I know there were a, a bunch of bad calls, controversial calls with the referees, but you know what? It's a part of the game. It sucks. Bottom line, we score one more touchdown. We probably win the game. You know, as far as Josh going forward, I still think it's too soon to conclude that he isn't the Bills franchise quarterback. A lot of quarterbacks, we were talking about it before the pod, a lot of NFL quarterbacks, if they got it, they got it in their second year. You can tell. Josh absolutely was a better quarterback this year overall. He stopped playing hero ball a whole bunch. I think next year really is the make-or-break year with him. I mean, he has to continue to evolve. He has to continue to uh, try to be able to pick up that blitz, step up, run, pass, throw it away, do whatever he needs to do. I mean, him going backwards in that game in the second half, I, I can't even talk about it. I'm going to start shaking. It was uh, an endless stream of perplexing errors by uh, by Josh. And sometimes, to me, I mean, we always, we've been using the term, he's a painful guy to watch. He looks better sometimes as a fullback than he does as a quarterback. He, he, he's adept at many things, except the, the, the single most important thing. He can't throw the ball accurately. In 2019, he finished the season with 3,089 yards, 58.8% completion rate with 20 Ts and 8 INTs. Um, he ranked 23rd in adjusted net yards per attempt, 27th in pro football focuses, grades, 24th in quarterback rating, and 35th in completion percentage above expectation. He's got super arm strength, and he's one of the best rushing quarterbacks in the game. Um, however, his decision-making and ac accuracy are substandard. I'll end this on, Josh, by just a couple of more things. Uh, the, the loss to Houston magnified his deficiencies. All his flaws were evidenced in this game. Um, Agreed. This is a stat that you'd have to search into a little bit. But, you know, people are what they are. When Josh Allen, in his senior year uh, as a cowboy at Wyoming, there were 53 quarterbacks in college football who completed 60% of their passes. Guess what? Josh Allen wasn't one of them. He completed 56.3%. He's been Goodness. a less than 60% completion quarterback through college, 
and as a pro. In 2018 for Buffalo, he completed 52.8%. This year, 58.8%. He's not accurate. And it's going to be a glaring need for Buffalo to evaluate him next year, his third year, like Adam said. Obviously, we need a top-tier receiver. Needed to balance our offense and see what Allen can do with some talented wideouts. Right now, he's a minus in my mind, and no one's going to change my mind on that. The only way to change your mind is for him to play better next year. I think he's a he's definitely not in the top third of the league. I would say he's in the the middle tier, so he's somewhere probably right around the middle of the league. Um, I mean, he is a good athlete. He has potential. Uh, obviously, he's never going to complete 65 to 70 percent of his passes in a year. If he does, I would be shocked. Um, I think there's hope. Like I said, it's too early to write him off, but next year's the year. I mean, he has to really, really show some progress. I'm still wondering what we saw so highly to 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 trade up to get him, uh, knowing his deficiency in accuracy and decision making. He he really truly is a work in progress. Agreed. Well, I think in future pods we'll we'll talk about the draft and uh, some of the off-season things that are going to happen. But for now, anything else on this heartbreaking defeat in Houston? Uh, no, it just took a took the starch right out of me, took the wind right out of my sails. It it was it was heartbreaking. It was tough. It was tough. Yeah. And we're we're not going to watch any more playoff games at my house. We're going to. Watch them at your house. I wore my new Bills red tee, and uh, when I got home, I stamped it 48 times and burned it. <laughs> it, was, it was not good luck. Did you send it to Josh? You should have. Oh, my goodness. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Alan. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, our picks last week, the wild card weekend. Wow. Adam went. Two and two. That's good. Papa went one and three. That's not so good. How how dare you, sir? The only game that you picked right were the Titans over the Patriots. Yeah, and uh, except for the Bills, all the uh, the teams, the road teams won, which is kind of kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Except if, for the home base fans. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So this weekend, uh, d- the divisional round, Saturday's game. Saturday's games, Vikings plus seven at 49ers. I am taking the uh, 49ers in that game, although I don't think they're going to cover. Who do you like in that game, Papa? 49ers have a nice team, obviously. They won a a whole slew of games. Um, Garofalo, their defense... They're pretty. They're pretty steady. I, I, I would have to. I don't know if they can cover, but uh, uh, they should win that game outright. All right. Titans. And by the way, all of these these lines are from Westgate, which is probably the biggest and and best sports book. Dynamite group and smart as they come. Titans plus nine and a half at Ravens. Who do you like? If I was betting the game, I'd go with the Titans. They're on a roll. 
still not easy to go into Foxborough and legitimately beat Brady and Belichick, although obviously the the uh, New England is not the same team, but you know they got a they got a monster in that backfield and Derrick Henry, that son of a gun, rushed for a hundred eighty two yards against New England, and he's also scored a TV a TD. Uh, and that game perhaps ended Tom Brady's uh, championship-filled uh, run at at New England. I I I really like I like the Titans. I don't think they they're going to win outright, but perhaps they could cover. So you're going with the Ravens, but they won't cover. Yeah, the Ravens are they can score points at any time of the game, but boy, not, would you say nine and a half? Yeah. And that's a lot of points. That's a whole heck of a lot of points. That's so a lot of a lot of points. I agree with you. Ravens, but they won't cover. Sunday's games, Texans plus nine and a half at KC. Kansas City Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl, Papa. Wow. So I obviously picked them to win this game. But yeah. again, a lot of points, Adam. Yeah, but I I don't think they'll cover. Um I I do like Kansas City Kansas City. Everybody in their right mind loves Mahomes, their quarterback. He's a, another magician back there. That's going to be a – there could be some points scored in that game. But, uh, yeah, I, I still like Kansas City. I like Kansas City. Maybe it maybe it is their year. Maybe it is. We're going to find out. Sea chickens plus four and a half. By the, the way, Packers. that uh, Jadavian Clowney, mm-hmm. when uh, he uh, – had that helmet uh, helmet hit against the uh, Philadelphia quarterback Carson Wentz in the first quarter. Yeah, it just about ended any chance that Philly had. Yeah, of uh, winning that game. It did. Agreed. Because I picked Philadelphia to win that game, but you did, and a, a lot of talk on the Twitter machine about Wentz just he can't stay healthy. It... He played two series, by the way, yeah, con- in the whole game. Did he? Was he officially concussed? Did he have a concussion? You know, I didn't follow up. All I know, he went to the dressing room and he never came back out. So I don't know if he was concussed or not. I think some guys definitely can be injury prone, soft tissue injuries. I'm injury prone. Things along. You're, yeah, yeah. without a doubt. I'm mentally injury prone. <laughs> I have an injury right now, but <laughs> I, I don't know. If you're if you're concussed, there's not much you can do about it. Your brain starts rattling around no. in your skull. There's not much. You and can I do. watched that play two or three times, and to me, to me, it was not right. It it was to me, it was it was not right. It wasn't a normal hit. But uh, those things happen in this rough and tumble league. I don't see the Packers losing this game against the Sea Chickens at Lambeau. I like them to win and cover. By the way, that. Uh, that rookie receiver for the Sea Chickens, DK Metcalf. He's awesome. This kid is 6'4, 229 pounds. He's from Ole Miss. He was drafted in the second round. He was the 64th selection. This is what the Bills need. They need a big, wide body receiver so Josh Allen can see him downfield now this kid is terrific um you know it's an imperfect nfl world we live in because eight other wide receivers were drafted ahead of Metcalf. you know i really 
maybe you and I should get involved in some of these draft procedures because some of these guys simply have no talent. Clearly. The scouts. Let's send the link to the pod to Bean. Tonto, the scout. <laughs> so who do you like in the game? Who's your pick? Sea Chickens or Green Bay? I'm going to go with Green Bay. They appear destined. That's they. I just have a feel about this team. They've overcome a lot this year. They've got a tremendous quarterback back there. But look at Drew Brees. Uh, he was he, he he got beat. I mean, anybody can get beat. But I do like Green Bay. To, what was the line on that game again? Four and a half. Yeah, I like Green Bay to cover and uh, win that game. All right. To go to the uh, NFC Championship game. We will see how our picks work out. Anything else on football, Papa? Uh, no, not really. Not really. We have come to the point of the podcast called Buffalo Trivia. Yes. This should be a good one. This yes. Is, this one's going to be about sports. Oh, my goodness. All right, here we go. The 1995-1996 Sabres, coached by Ted Nolan. The uh, There was a blue-collar nickname that led the fans attending games while wearing hard hats. So the blue-collar nickname for Ted Nolan Sabres in 1995-1996. Do you remember? You, you got me by the you-know-what. I forgot. The hardest working team in hockey. Oh, gee whiz. Yep, the hardest working team I'm in hockey. Probably not going to sleep tonight now. Shoot. So you're you're one for two on Buffalo Trivia. Well, it's not bad. 500. Not bad. I'm reaching Josh Allen figures. 52%, 58%. I'm 50%. <laughs> 50 sick sheep. Yes. My goodness gracious. 49. <laughs> oh, goodness, goodness, goodness. Wow. All right. Any other uh, stats or things you wanted to talk about in your gorgeous pile of papers? Uh, this uh, Viking team. Uh, did you watch the game? Very little. Delvin Cook, their running back, 28 carries, 94 yards, two touchdowns. Six foot two inch, 200 pound Adam Thielen. Boy, I wish he was a Buffalo Bill. Seven receptions for 129 yards. And uh, whoever said that uh, Kirk Cousins uh, can't play in the clutch, he had 242 yards throwing and uh, one TD passing, and they're advancing. Uh, the Vikings are the, uh, the surprise team of these playoffs. That pass, I did see the overtime pass that he threw. That was beautiful. It was. It was. So I, Derek Henry and and Cousins and Thielen. Uh, is that is that Bean? Is that Brandon Bean calling? Oh, uh, actually, it was Josh Allen. He says he hates me. H-A-T-E, hates me. It's a very strong word. Josh, I don't hate a soul except Hitler and Stalin. That's right. And maybe Pol Pot. <laughs> he was a son of a bitch. Yes, <laughs> all right i got nothing else we're under a half hour this is good yeah this is good this is this good is very good i enjoyed it thoroughly this is uh podcast number two this is fun hope y'all are having a good time and uh 
again to uh, our son whose birthday is today born in um, uh, buffalo children's hospital as he mentioned before happy birthday your mother and i love you your sister loves you your wife vicky loves you oh there's a bunch of people that love you happy birthday and many many more the, the girls hopefully love me they didn't they didn't wish me happy birthday this morning, but that's okay. They probably will this afternoon. <laughs> and and Tucker definitely loves me. He loves and, you right um, now. And uh, you got to mention that we're going out for uh, a little uh, break fast. Yeah, that's going to be nice. Um, I definitely expect some vodka shots and almas caviar. <laughs> caviar. Who knows and how to we'll say that word? we'll sprinkle some white Alba truffle slices <laughs> on it. <laughs> well, signing off until next time for Papa Dickie. I am Adam Burke, and you're not. See you next time, folks. Bye.